The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Top of the Stretch is presented by Tizwiz. Be the best, outperform the rest. When only the best is good enough, horse owners look to Tizwiz Nutrition. Your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle, whether it's racing or relaxing. For over 60 years, Tizwiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into Tizwiz feed. Take your racing stable to another level with Tizwiz. See the complete line of Tizwiz feeds at tizwizfeeds.com. Tizwiz, feed the best, outperform the rest. Welcome to Top of the Stretch, presented by Tizwiz. I'm Frank Fries, the Outreach and Public Relations Coordinator for the Ohio Horsemen's Association. And today, we're joined by Charles Taylor, the owner of CT Stables and Catch the Fire, who is getting ready for this Saturday's Adios from the Meadows. And Charles, first off, thanks for joining us today. We're glad to have you on Top of the Stretch. Well, thank you, Frank, for having us. The ride just continues with Catch the Fire. Last year, a winner in the Kentucky Sire Stakes. This year, raced in the Meadowlands Pace. And this Saturday, it's the finals for the Adios. Would you have thought that this is how it would have gone for you when you got the horse? No, not exactly. Uh, when we purchased the horse, it was a, uh, a horse we had looked at several times in the barns. And uh, to be honest with you, we didn't think we could afford him. We thought he would go for a lot more money than, than what we purchased him for. So we, we had him ranked about fifth out of the horses, and uh, we didn't see any chance of us getting him because we'd already spent our money on another one. What did you like about him when you saw him? Um, I, I think the biggest thing was his confirmation, uh, his confirmation, you know, according, I'm, I'm according to the trainer and the little bit I know about confirmation, he just stood just correct. And, uh, we love that. He was a little small, but we love the confirmation and we love the breeding, the, the captain treacherous, uh, first time with that family and the, the, the maternal side of the family was just really strong. He's out of the family that produced control the moment who was a well-said that won uh, quite a few big races and was an O'Brien winner several years back. Now, is it true that when he was in the ring, your trainer left uh, because you didn't think you could afford him, and when he came back, you had bought a horse? That is that is true. <laughs> um, so we were we had not had any. There was we had no food. We were tired and and hungry and. Uh, and we had just purchased one uh, probably uh, 20 minutes earlier, 30 minutes earlier, and that was one that we liked, and we had purchased that horse. And, and uh, at this particular moment, uh, John said, you know, let's go get something to eat. I said, well, I'm just going to stick around and see what he goes for. And we kind of chuckled and said we both thought seventy to 100000 was where we thought he would go. And uh, John, John went to get us some food and – and uh, the bidding stalled, so I, I just took a shot and, and I bought him. Well, you bought him for fifteen thousand dollars, and you, you you know you've estimated seventy five to a hundred. You said those are those are the stories that dreams are made of to buy something at that price and then have the horse do what it's going what it's doing right now. It is. It's it's you know I've been doing this for many 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 years, and we've had some nice horses, um, but we've never had that special horse we've had i've had some very nice horses but i've never had that that story like we have here um you know and and i i, I gotta attest to something my trainer always said john ackley who has been my trainer from the very beginning 
and I wouldn't be in the business without him. Um, but something he has always said is when that horse is in the ring, he said that horse has no clue what somebody's paying for him. So, and it's very, it's a very true statement. They don't know what they cost. Well, catch the fire. One is maiden at uh, Saudi Downs in 54 and four finished second in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes race and then won the all-star race. Is that when you knew you had something special or was it after he won the Kentucky Sire Stakes? I think I think we knew um I think we knew in February or March of his 2-year-old season and, I, and and the reason I think the reason we knew that that he was a little different was we actually had uh, a couple other nice 2-year-olds and uh one of them who is pretty decent horse um that trained down really well um he 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 just couldn't pace with catch the fire and and you know as as the trainer said he said um He's like, it's not like we've got, uh, you know, a, a, a couple of other horses in here that can't pace, that can't go forward. Um, we, we, had a, we had a couple nice horses, and, and they just couldn't go with him. He was just so mature, and I think that's the biggest thing that he's shown as a two- and a three-year-old. Um, he's, just, he's, just, he's got the mind of a six-year-old. He's, he's a very mature uh, horse, and he loves what he does, and he's just, he doesn't get tired. He's got a big heart. So I think we knew early on. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, of course, we've had numerous opportunities to sell him. And one thing everyone could not believe is how heavily staked a $15,000 horse was. So that kind of should tell you how early on we knew how special he was is because we staked him to everything as a two-year-old and a three-year-old. Well, this year he's only raced four times so far. He's won his two qualifiers, finished third in his first race of the year, seventh in the Meadowland pace elimination, then sixth in the pace. What made you enter him in the adios? I think that he didn't get a chance to race in the Meadowlands pace, and I think that, uh, you know, Mike Wilder's our driver, and, and Mike Wilder will be our driver um, going forward. Uh, I think that Mike um, just – we just didn't get the trip, and I don't think the horse got used both times, even in the, uh, the elimination of the pace when we shook loose – we came home in 25 and four, 25 and three, something like that, and and we had to pass horses to make the final. And then in the final, the trip just didn't work out. Uh, the ten horse uh, quit in front of us, and the three, which is Captain Barbosa, uh, in the pace, it, he the ten horse quit in bo- front of both of us. We couldn't get out. We actually hooked wheels with uh, uh, Captain Midnight in the pace, and uh, we still came flying. You know, we still made up a lot of ground in the stretch. So. Um, you know, he just he just didn't get a chance to race. He wasn't used hard, and he's very durable. And I think that's one thing that you know. Last year, you, you notice he won the Kentucky Sire Stakes after racing in the Pennsylvania final a week or two before that. Um, he's he's very durable. He's he's a small horse, and it doesn't it doesn't have a lot of recovery time. So we just felt like it wasn't going to hurt him if he if he got used hard in the pace. We absolutely would have set out the 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 adios. Now, in the elimination, uh, you started from the seventh post and went wire to wire. Is that the way you guys drew it up? Yes. Uh, that came. That was 100% Mike Wilder, a um, lot of confidence in his abilities, and, and that was 100% Mike Wilder's plan. Mike Wilder felt like we should have had a better race in the pace, and uh, he, he just told me, he said that he was not going to allow luck to – to manipulate the situation, he was going to make his own luck on on Adios Elimination Day. So this Saturday, it's the finals. 
It was a star-studded affair, but unfortunately, one of the elimination winners, Poppy Rob Hanover, will not race due to an injury. Never good when a horse of that quality is out due to an injury and, and a showcase event. But that kind of opens things up, don't you think? It does. Um, I think that I have not seen the odds yet. I'm sure they'll be out today. I mean, I think we'll probably be one of the top three picks. Um, Poppy Rob was in a was, and I've said this all year, and I said it last year. This is a very deep class of three-year-olds. I think it's the deepest I've seen since 2012 with Sweet Lou and that group. But um, even as deep as this class is, the top two were just in a class of their own. Uh, TDS, Tall Dark Stranger, and Poppy Rob have just done it consistently, and we're chasing them. But everything below that, I think we're all about equal. I think the next, the next 10 down, um, it's, it's, a, it's a wide open affair. Now, you were able to choose your post position. You went with number three. Why that one? And whose choice was that? Was that yours? Uh, was that Mike's choice? Or who, who made the choice on that? That, that was Mike's choice. Uh, I left that up to Mike. Um, he knows that track. It's his home track. He knows the track. And, and I think uh, we won the, the Kentucky Sire Stakes out of the three hole as well. So I think that was a little sentimental thing there going on there. But uh, I left that 100% up to Mike. Um, he knows where he wants to start. He knows the horse. He's sat behind the horse every single race except for one in its career, and he knows that horse, and And uh, I, I don't need to make those decisions. That's way above my head. So does that mean you're the hands-off type of owner, or are you more hands-on? I am. I would, I would say I'm 100% hands-on, but I do not tell anybody else their job. Um, that's why we have professionals like Mike and John, and uh, I – I'm, I, I think I'm pretty easy to get along with as an owner because I, I, I'm an avid race fan. So I don't look at races from an owner perspective. I look at a race from a handicapping perspective. So I know when we're supposed to win and when we're supposed to race good, and I know when we're not. And uh, so I, I, think, uh, I think if you'd ask either one of them, they would say I'm hands-on, I'm involved, but I leave the decisions to the professionals, and, and that's what they are. They're the professionals on the, in the bike, and John's professionals – during the week, so I, I I go with the decisions that they they tell me. Now, as a handicapper, if you take your horse out of this race, who should you be worried about? I still think Captain Midnight um, is is better than what he has shown over the last few starts. I think those starts have been a lot tougher than what um, they look on paper, and. Um, I, I think that he's. I think he's the horse to beat. Um, I, if I'm going to be sitting behind someone at the top of the stretch, I hope it's Captain Midnight. I, I, I think he'll go forward, and uh, I think he's tough. And and one that really popped up is uh, Nancy Tacker's horse, the five horse. He won a phenomenal race last week. Um, I think other than Poppy Rob, I don't think there's another horse that went as big a race as he did. So um, I think both of those two horses are. Are uh, they're going to show up? And of course, uh, the Greek Freak. Uh, I think you know. I remember him from last year. He seemed to have some issues with uh, equipment a few times last year. A little attitude, but he seems to have gotten that turned around. So he's fast. Um, and and Captain Barbosa. Uh, I can think Captain Barbosa is in the same position we are. He has been there and he's raced against the best. It's just that we're we're just a little bit behind those top two in that class are now the top one, which is Tall Dark Stranger. But I think Captain Barbosa as well has showed up every weekend. 
What are your plans after the adios for Catch the Fire? Um, we we uh, we will probably take a week off. Obviously, for for sure, we'll take a week off. Um, if we get an invite to the uh, Milstein and uh, at Northfield, which I'm hoping we do, um, uh, that would be our next stop. I think will be Northfield, um, and then after that, we probably will go to the Messenger at Yonkers, and. Uh, Possibly, I mean, the jug is is the ultimate for us. That's what we would all uh, we all dream to win um, is is the is the jug. So that's the ultimate for this group is how do we how do we how do we get to the jug and how do we be how are we, how do we become competitive in the jug? What's it like to be the owner of one of the top three year olds in the country? A very surreal. Um, you you you're constantly waiting for the shoe to drop but um you're you're not negative but you you're always looking for the horse that can beat you um because you just can't believe you're in this position Uh, and that's me i wake up in the morning and i just can't believe it i read the articles over and over again and i can't believe it i mean it's a lot of hard work and in years of doing this and and it's a dream um and and so so I think as a group, not just me, I think as a group, we're learning. Uh, we've never been at this level. Um, it's a learning experience every day. We're learning. We're, we're understanding how to accept defeat at that level, which, uh, you know, uh, you, you have to be very modest about uh, the competition and understand that you're in, you're in a classification and a class of horses that you're not going to go 10 for 10. You're, you're, you're going to get beat, and, and I think uh, we, we're just learning as a group, and uh, it's just an ultimate feeling for everyone involved. Well, one other thing I want to talk to you about is you, you've also planned on donating a percentage of Catch the Fire's winnings to a couple of charities, Pacing for the Cure and Cell Phone for Soldiers, and we also have Robbie Burquist with us today, who's the founder of Cell Phone for Soldiers, which was founded back in 2004. Um, First, Charles, talk a little bit about um, how that all came about, and then, Robbie, if you could jump in and tell us a little bit about um, cell phones for soldiers. So, Charles, how did this all come about? Well, um, it started with a post by Heather, Mike and Heather Wilder. I've seen a, a, a forwarded post on Facebook about uh, pacing for the cure, and uh, I was like, and I've seen Mike had a little – uh, patch on his uniform, and, and I just uh, I thought that was a great cause. And, and to get a little personal here, my mother's going through something uh, very similar to what the Pacing for the Cure represents right now. So uh, that, was, that was something that touched me. And from a charity perspective with Cell Phone for Soldiers, uh, my whole career, my last 30 years of my life has been uh, telecom. And uh, Cell Phone for Soldiers is the only reputable organization that I'm aware of out there that supports veterans with telecom services. So I, you know, I just think that's a great fit for me. I'm very humble and I'm very appreciative of of the telecom industry and what it's done for me and my family for the last 30 years. So I just thought that was a way for me to give back to my own organizations. And, uh, and then of course, like I said, with Mike and and Heather and and pacing for the cure, I just think that's a great cause as well. So um, again, I, I, I just don't know how else I could give back. Than, than doing it that way because it, it touches my, my heart and it touches my career at the same time for these two charities. Like Charlie said, uh, is involved in the, in the telecom industry. So we are a charity that recycles cell phones, use cell phones 
Um, in order to generate a profit to purchase prepaid calling cards, which we send overseas to active duty service members so that they can call home for free while on deployment. And through the recycling of phones, we also provide emergency funding for veterans that are returning home from overseas with various uh, challenges, um, both uh, emotional, physical, and um, financial hardships. And so we provide um, uh, grants in order to get the veterans back onto their feet as they're assimilating back into society after deployment. And so uh, we have been partnered uh, with, with Charlie for a long time, and, and he's helped and advised the charity um, on, on best practices in the telecom industry and has really um, allowed us to raise more money um, to support our missions. Um, and so, again, we've been around since 2004, and, um, and so it's been a great 16 years, and we've been able to send over 350 million minutes worth of, of calling cards uh, overseas, and we've provided uh, millions of dollars in grants to, to veterans that are returning home from overseas. So it's been a great partnership, and you know we're very pleased um, to be involved with Charlie uh, and Catch the Fire uh, with these races. It's it's really a great partnership, and we're very appreciative uh, to CT Stables and and to Catch the Fire, and we wish them the best of luck. What spurred you on to start? a cell phone for soldiers? Yeah, so back in 2004, I had two cousins who were active duty military uh, in Afghanistan. And uh, my sister and I heard a story getting ready for school one morning on, on TV. There was a soldier calling home from Afghanistan, um, and he had an $8,000 cell phone bill. And we were like, you know, this is, this is crazy. Uh, he's protecting our freedom, and he's got a large cell phone bill like this. We've got to do something to help him out. And so we had car washes and bake sales at the age of 12 and 13 years old. And uh, we ended up paying off his $8,000 cell phone bill. And we got some national media recognition. And word really spread. Um, the charity really caught the fire. Yes. <laughs> to put it lightly. And, uh, so, and so the word really spread quickly. But with that, um, more military members reached out to us and said, you know, I have a $15,000 cell phone bill, and I have all these, um, you know, cell phone bills. And so we decided to create a charity to support uh, military members across the country that were dealing with the same issue of having to pay large cell phone bills to call home. And so it was initially we were, we were paying off phone bills, and then we decided to create a program that would be preventative of large phone bills, which would be providing phone cards for free so that they could have a certain amount of minutes, about 60 minutes, to call home, and these cell phone bills would not, would not um, arise anymore. So um, we, we, we started sending those phone cards over, and again, we've sent over 350 million minutes worth of, of calling cards since 2004. Now, Robbie, everybody I know of, has that extra cell phone laying around the house that they don't know what to do with. They, don't, they know they don't want to throw it out. How, how do they get them to you to be recycled or, you know, what, what is the process? Yeah, and so when we, my family started this, we had 11 cell phones in our basement, and we were like, you know, I think, I think we might have something here. I, think, I feel like when you do some spring cleanings and stuff like that, you don't even realize how many phones you have just lying around the house. So if you do have um, some extra phones that you don't need anymore, um, we have over 4,000 collection sites across the country where you can go and drop off uh, your cell phones. Um, and, and what those drop-off locations will do is, is they'll send them to our facility so that we can recycle them here in, in Georgia. Um, and so uh, you can go onto our website, 
cellphonesforsoldiers.com. You can go to our drop-off, our zip code locator, uh, to find a drop-off location near you. You plug in your zip code, and there, there is more often than not a, a location within 10 miles of, of, of where you're from. Um, and so you can go find a location that's near you. If there's no, no locations nearby, you can ship them directly to um, our recycling facility. And all that information is located on our website at, at cellphonesforsoldiers.com. Any type of old phones you take? Or are there some you don't Absolutely. take? Absolutely. take them yep. all? Yep, we accept brand new phones. We accept the, the older model phones, broken, cracked, um, you name it. We accept absolutely everything. Well, great. So hopefully this will uh, get a few more people to clean out their closets and their drawers and get some phones uh, to you to help uh, the men and women of our armed services. I know I've got a box of them, so I'll be finding a location near me to get to you as well. So um, one, <laughs> other, one other thing, one other thing, Charles, want to go back. Catch the Fire isn't the only uh, star you've got in your stable right now. You got another horse that's doing quite well in the Ohio Sire Stakes. Uh, who uh, she notched her second victory uh, a couple of days ago, I believe. Yes, uh, so she's a, she's our surprise two year old, uh, and uh, the the one we paid the least amount of money for last year, uh, Ohio bred. So. I, I, uh, I live in Georgia now, but I still have a farm in Washington Courthouse. I have a farm there, and, and uh, since I lived in Ohio, I keep my farm, and we breed some – we have some homebreds and things, but we still – I try to support the Ohio uh, breeding as much as possible, so we always buy at least one, two, three uh, yearlings in Ohio every year, plus what we breed. Um, so she was one that uh, we purchased at uh, – the Ohio sale, not the select sale. I think we the Buckeye sale is where we got her. And um, we got her for $8,000. And uh, she comes from a phenomenal family. She was a Pandarosa. And, you know, Pandarosa, one of the, the best studs of all time. Um, she, she was a little small as well, kind of following the catch the fire trend. She was a little small, but her family was so strong that uh, when John and, and the assistant trainer were at the sale, we were going through, and I had picked her out. She was one I liked, and I had John, and John liked her, and we looked at her, and and uh, I told John, I said, well, I mean, horses were going through were, for a lot of money that day at the Buckeye sale, and, you know, he said, well, she looks as good as anything else that we're seeing. She's just small. He said, I said, well, let's buy her, and if she doesn't make a racehorse, uh, we'll turn her into a breeding mare because we were looking for uh, a Western Hanover cross. So I said, well, we'll, uh, we'll keep her. So that's how we got her, and she started training down, and John kept saying she's got plenty of speed, plenty of speed. And um, so we, we brought her along slowly, and she, she, she's gone out. She won her maiden. We put her right into the sire stakes. She won her first leg in 56, and then last week we drew in with the best fillies, the real good ones. We drew, up, drew in with uh, – that Lady Arthur, which is a phenomenal filly, and I still think it's the best filly in Ohio at this point, even though we beat her last week. They'll still think she's the best. Um, so we, we, we drew in with her, and, and they had all gone in 53 in a piece, 54, and we had, we had paced in 56 and 1. So it was a big step up for us. And, and we, we come first up, go to the front, and we win in 53 and 2 last week. So we, we cut three seconds off our lifetime mark against the good fillies. And so that's when – so now we know we we were concerned how much more farther she could drop, and now we know she can she can do it. So uh, 
very excited with her. I That was my first time ever winning in Ohio Sire Stakes Lake, and I have had um, I have, I've had them in the finals even in Ohio, and I've never won a leg. I've never won anything in Ohio. So believe it or not, as big as Catch the Fire is for me, this filly is sentimental, which is a great name because it's very sentimental for me to win an Ohio uh, Sire Stakes event. I, that's what I, That's how I got in this, and that was my – my dream was never Grand Circuit to start with. It was just winning in Ohio. Well, it sounds like you're on the right path for both of those uh, with Catch the Fire on the Grand Circuit and uh, Sentimental in the Ohio Sire Stakes. So we'll be able to keep an eye on both of those. Gentlemen, great to have you both on top of the stretch today. And good luck on Saturday and the adios. We will be watching, and hopefully it will be good news for Catch the Fire and CT Stables. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. When only the best is good enough, horse owners look to Tizwiz Nutrition. Your horse is an individual with its own needs suitable for its lifestyle, whether it's racing or relaxing. For over 60 years, Tizwiz has strived for nutritional excellence, delivering products that make a difference. There is a nutritional reason for everything that is put into Tizwiz feed. Take your racing stable to another level with Tizwiz. See the complete line of Tizwiz feeds at tizwizfeeds.com. Tizwiz, feed the best, outperform the rest. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch is presented by Tizwiz. Feed the best, outperform the rest. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association.